Hello, I'm Brett Dillon, and this is The Movie Chronicles. This episode finds us in 1991, looking at a variety of dysfunctional families, maybe even looking at what a family actually is. First up is a tale of psychosis from Denmark. The Dance of the Polar Bears. Director and script, Berger Larsen. Script, Jonas Cornell. Novel, Ulf Stark. Director of photography, Bjorn Blixt. Editor, Bergo Muller Jensen. Music, Franz Bach. Actors, Anders Schoby. Tommy Kenter. Bertha Newman. Paul Utal and Laura Dreisbeck. A truly delightful surprise made in Denmark, and dubbed into English, the only thing I have against this film. The neurotic swaying of caged polar bears perfectly describes the behavior of the characters in this film, and that is our opening image. Lasse, the 12-year-old hero of this story, watches his family break up after his mother has an affair. Let's be honest, he is partly responsible. He thinks the Christmas present his mother has hidden is for his father, and so he helps spring the surprise on his father. His father is more surprised than anticipated. The film doesn't really investigate why the affair started, as the film is more interested in the effect of the breakup on Lassa. Subtextually, Dad is a slob, and Mum has upper-middle-class pretensions he will never aspire to fulfill. Lasser parts from his Elvis-loving father and lives with his mother and her boyfriend. He finds his life improving in many ways, despite the open war between him and his stepsister. However, he can't forget his father, and eventually returns to his real home. Personally, I find this film to be a forgotten classic. It is a beautifully told and photographed film, especially the Christmas shopping mall sequence. The ending doesn't pretend to be happy. It is bitter as well as sweet. We know Lassa is trading future happiness for present stability. We also suspect guilt is partly behind his decision. On the other hand, we also get plenty of evidence he is his father's son. This is a comedy. Its bitterness can also be sensed from the ending. Lasser comes to his father's apartment. Belting out is the Elvis hit, Return to Sander. Lasser is returning, making the song appropriate. The song is about rejection. We don't know how his father will respond to this return. Author Ulf Stark was born on July the 12th, 1944, in Sturby, Denmark, and he died in 2017. Despite being given a direwolf, Ulf entered the lists as an author in a secondary school. In 1964, he published his first book of poems. As anyone could have told him, poetry doesn't pay the bills. He became a stalwart of children's fiction. Dance of the Polar Bears was published in 1986. Composer Franz Bach was born on February 7, 1958, in Copenhagen, Denmark. Franz graduated from the Royal Danish Academy of Music. He has worked in a variety of jazz groups and as a composer, conductor of choral groups, saxophonist, and pianist. 
His second film score, Dance of the Polar Bears, is an unsuccessful score because it competes against the music of Elvis Presley. Ultimately, it is the song, Return to Sender, that we remember. Actor Laura Drasbach was born on December the 22nd, 1974, in Copenhagen, Denmark. Laura made her debut in Dance of the Polar Bears and has been a popular actor ever since. History has a bad habit of continuing. On. February the 7th. The Provisional Irish Republican Army launched a mortar attack on 10 Downing Street, London, England, while a cabinet meeting was in session. February the 18th, the same group exploded bombs at Paddington and Victoria stations, also in London. Way to get working class voters on your side, guys. March the 3rd, video captures the beating of Rodney King by Los Angeles police officers. This is the first time, but by far not the last, that the systemic abuse of state powers against citizens went unpunished. But wait, I hear you say, four officers were indicted. To which I reply, the officers aren't the problem. It's their training and leadership that needs to be addressed. The entire investigation was a scam to hide the fact US police are a criminal gang that hide behind their badges. March the 14th. As if to prove my point, this day, after 16 years in prison for bombing a public house in England, the Birmingham Six were released when it was discovered British police had fabricated evidence against them. We now become positively kooky, if not outright ooky, with a shout out to the Netflix series Wednesday for The Addams Family. Director and actor Barry Sonnenfeld. Script Carl Owen Thompson and Larry Wilson. Director of photography Owen Roseman. Editor Dee Dee Allen and Jim Miller. Music Mark Shaman. Actors Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Dan Hedaya, Carol Struken, Dana Ivey, Paul Benedict, Christina Ricci, Johnny Workman, Christopher Hart, John Franklin, Mark Shaman, and Zelda Rubinstein. The Adams Family is a comic book project. This was a year for them. Thankfully, the movie ignores the 60s sitcom and goes back to the source. Great moments include the Is There a God game. The plot doesn't get in the way of the comedy very often. It's a very successful translation to the screen. The plot concerns the discovery of Uncle Festus, who may or may not be a fake. Festus is the missing amnesiac cousin who gets involved in shenanigans involving impersonating himself to steal his inheritance from his relatives. A strong cast and script paced over the problems, mostly caused by the producers trying to find angles to market product of the film. Cartoonist Charles Adams was born on January the 7th, 1912 in Westfield, New Jersey, USA, and he died in 1988. The young Charles was recalled as something of a rascal around the neighborhood by his friends, beginning his association with the bazaar. He went on to speculate what it was like being dead and broke into two houses, which bore a resemblance to the Adams family house in the cartoons. 
It was his father who encouraged Charles to draw. In 1933, he was drawing for True Detective magazine. His job was to remove the blood from corpse photographs to make them suitable for publication. He complained, A lot of the corpses were more interesting that way, i.e. untouched. The year previously, 1932, Charles published his first cartoon in New Yorker magazine. He became a regular contributor in 1937, but retained his freelance status until the end. 1937 was when he began forming the concept of the Adams family from regular characters who had appeared in earlier drawings. World War II pushed this work aside, and Charles joined the U.S. Signal Corps Photographic Center in New York, where he made animated training films for the Army. With the war work over, Charles returned to the real job of delivering his morbid humor to the world. Director Barry Sonnenfeld was born on April 1, 1953, in New York City, New York, USA. Barry achieved a bachelor's degree from Hampshire College, a university, and then graduated from New York University Film School in 1978. He began his career as DOP on porn films. This changed when the Cohen brothers hired him for In Our Water, 1982. This led to further collaborations with the brothers through the 80s. The Adams Family was his directorial debut. This seems to have been a statement of intent, for his subsequent oeuvre looks at unusual people who find themselves in strange situations. He tells these stories with unusual camera angles and offbeat dialogue. Director of photography Owen Rosman was born on September 22, 1936, in New York City, New York, USA, and he died in 2013. Owen contracted polio as a teenager, which ended his dream of becoming a baseball player. Next on his list of things to do was physicist or mathematician. He altered career paths when his father, a cameraman for Movie Tone News, told Owen about his income. Owen immediately thought, I'm going for the money. He became an assistant to cinematographer Gerald Hirschfeld. Owen's first DOP job was in 1970. His second film earned him an Oscar in 1971. He collaborated with directors William Friedkin, Sidney Pollack, and Lawrence Kasdan in the process developing a style that utilized the natural light in a scene. He noted, Film is a unique art form in that no one person can express himself or herself alone. You rely on a lot of unsung heroes. There are 100 people I rely on. Actor Carol Stryken was born on 30th of July 1948 in The Hague, Netherlands. Carol's family moved to the Antilles in 1952. It was here at the age of 15 he composed Caribbean waltzes. Back in Amsterdam, he attended film school and then went to the USA to study at the American Film Institute, Los Angeles. Hollywood. Literally. A lady in a car yelled at him, We need you for a movie! his acting career had begun. He observed, I actually enjoy playing monsters and that kind of thing. I don't think I'm very well suited to play scary characters. I'm not intimidating. Actor John Franklin was born on June the 16th, 1959, in Blue Island, Illinois, USA. 
John was born with a growth hormone deficiency that prevented him from reaching his adult height goals. He graduated from the University of Illinois in 1983 with a BFA in theatre and teaching. The same year, he left for L.A. and won the role of Isaac in the adaptation of Stephen King's story, Children of the Corn. His career in horror movies was begun. He transitioned to teaching at the turn of the century. He explained it this way. After the events of 9-11, I saw the shallowness of showbiz and felt a great desire to leave a greater legacy than just being cousin it. Teaching seemed to be a perfect fit for my theatrical talents and to touch many lives. In 2016, John transitioned back to acting. Births The Eternal Recurrence On January the 19th Aaron Sanders, U.S. actor. January the 21st, Craig Roberts, Welsh actor, writer, director. February the 28th, Sarah Bolger, the Irish actor. December the 11th, Anna Bergendahl, the Swedish singer. I should be committed for taking on the next film. Nevertheless, it's The Commitments. Director, Alan Parker. Script, Roddy Doyle, Dick Clement, and Ian Lafrenet. Director of Photography, Gail Tattersall. Editor, Jerry Hambling. Music, Wilson Pickett. Actors, Robert Arkins, Michael Ahern, Angeline Ball, Maria Doyle Kennedy, Bronna Gallagher, Phelan Gormley, Andrew Strong, Colm Meany, Lance Daly, and James Brown. Dublin has never looked stranger. A young man assembles the soul group, because the Irish are the niggers of Europe, and watches as his dream comes to fruition and rot through internal politics. The internal problem of the script is that we are presented with too many characters. We lose sight of Jimmy Rabbit, the young man who should be driving the narrative. We see more of the group giving Deco hell than we do of him misbehaving. Probably a good call as it makes him more sympathetic. The cat fight at the end evolves from nothing. The lips might have screwed all the girls, but because we see neither the breakup nor the next seduction, we are deceived into thinking the seduction was mutual. The fame of the film, if I'm allowed the pun, comes from the music. The album sales promoted the film. This is a bonus. The music is so anachronistic that it will ensure the film doesn't date. On the other hand, some great songs are given a little too much prominence at times, particularly as the last concert is such a long sequence. In the meantime, a great ensemble cast pushed the comedy along at a rollicking pace, aided by sharp, quirky editing and good pacing from Alan Parker. Scriptwriter and author Roddy Doyle was born on May the 8th, 1958, in Dublin, Ireland. Roddy studied English and Geography at University College, Dublin. In 1980, he completed a higher diploma in education and became a teacher. It wasn't until 1993 that he became a full-time writer. The Commitments was the first novel in his Barrytown trilogy, which follows the adventures of the Babbitt family and set up his theme of the Dublin underclass. Roddy said, I had really forgotten how much I enjoyed taking the record out of the sleeve, putting it on the deck, lowering the needle, sitting between the speakers, and actively listening. 
I'm a man of no religion, but I believe in ritual. These rituals mean more to me than they used to. Director Alan Parker was born on February the 14th, 1944, in London, England, and he died in 2020. Alan left home at the age of 18, hoping to meet girls through working at an advertising agency. Through that industry, he met David Putnam and Alan Marshall, who would later produce many of his films. It was David who encouraged Alan to write his first movie script, Malady, 1971. Looking back, Alan reminisced, I came from a generation of filmmakers who couldn't have started anywhere but in commercials, because we had no film industry in the United Kingdom at the time. Commercials proved to be incredibly important. His career is not noted for any connecting themes beyond a fondness for the underdog and a twinkling eye on US film history. He said, it's not my job to make you comfortable in the cinema. Composer Wilson Pickett was born on March the 18th, 1941, in Prattville, Alabama, USA, and he died in 2006. Wilson left home to live with his father in Detroit in 1955. The reason was his mother. Wilson later said, I got scared of her. She used to hit me with anything, skillets, stovewood. One time I ran away and cried for a week, stayed in the woods, me and my little dog. In Detroit... Wilson became involved in the gospel music scene, singing with the group The Violinaires. In 1959, he could see the move of gospel singers to the better-paying pop music format, so he joined The Falcon. He also recorded a solo single using the Primettes as backing vocalists. The Falcons were paving the way for soul music through their use of gospel influences in pop records. Wilson's solo career didn't get underway until 1963, but not for lack of trying. Atlantic Records famously took a demo track from Wilson and gave the song to their hitmaker, Solomon Burke. Moving to Stax Records in 1965, he had his breakthrough track with In the Midnight Hour. Stax proved to be non-supporting of his talent, so the same year Wilson moved to Fame Studio and recorded a blaze of hits including Mustang Sally signature tune of The Commitments. Death took its due on January the 17th, King Olaf V of Norway, born 1903. July the 1st, Michael Landon, US producer, director, writer and actor, born 1936. October the 16th, Ole Blesch, the Danish musician, born 1955. Our theme next week is Sherlock Holmes in 2011. Need I remind you to keep Movie Chronicles ebook sales up or to become a Patreon supporter? I don't think so. You're masterful enough to detect the need. So, with the game now afoot, I bid you adieu.